Good morning and welcome to First Baptist this morning. <clears throat> um, we will begin the service singing the chorus, Shout to the Lord. It's on your um, insert. And if you would stand. Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of 
join me in the call to worship, which is in your bulletins? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing I ha have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. Oh, sorry. <laughs> For he will hide <laughs> me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now no, my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices of shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the God. Now if you'll join me in the invocation. Holy Lord, Father of all mankind, we thank you for your wonderful love towards us. As we are sinners before a holy God, we rejoice that you have redeemed us, that through faith in our Son, Jesus Christ, you assure us of eternal life. Help us to keep the joy and thanksgiving before us and share it with others. Amen. morning. Now is our time for joys and concerns. Um, I have a couple. I want to uh, thank everyone for the continued prayers for both Dave and DJ on their surgeries. They're both healing very well. DJ uh, had his stitches out. They're both back to work. Um, I'd also like to ask for prayers for, this is the first week back to school, so prayers for the teachers, the parents, <laughs> the kids, um, that it is a great school year and that they are able to stay safe and stay in school the whole year. Um, Gideon is starting a program down in Binghamton, so he has a long car ride every morning and afternoon to go back and forth, but it's a really good program and uh, we hope that he does well with it. Prayers for Rosemary Larson as she continues the medical issues. Also, Carol Whipple. 
Regarding health, right, Carol? Regarding her health? Okay. Um, I'd like to remind you also that um, we will have a time of prayer after the service as well, um, and we welcome anyone to avail themselves of that opportunity. Um, so let's us go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts even before we um, declare them to you, Lord, and we just uh, thank you that you are abiding with us and strengthen us um, for each new day. We just give you all the glory and praise and, and ask that you continue to be with um, those who may not be able to be with us this morning. We lift up uh, Rosemary and Carol. We ask that your Holy Spirit angels will uh, be a comfort to them as they cope with um, new health issues, and we just ask that you just uh, comfort them, not only from the pain and discomfort, but also any anxiety and, and um, questions they may have, that they may put their complete trust in you. We ask that you continue to be with um, our government and uh, the scientists and administrators as we continue to cope with the, the COVID um, pandemic, Lord. We just ask that you continue to um, be with uh, teachers and kids and parents, especially this time of year, as they begin uh, a new school year. I just pray, Lord, that they continue to um, make wise decisions and that, dear Lord, we can indeed, as a people, um, come to an agreement um, about how we approach um, these challenges, Lord. Um, I just come against any um, things that Satan might throw in the throw in the way that uh, keeps us be from being civil with one another and understanding with one another. And I pray that um, we can begin uh, to compromise and see a way forward uh, with so much that is before us. Um, whether it be um, COVID challenge or the challenge of um, leaving Afghanistan, Lord, we just ask that you continue to be with um, the families of those soldiers who lost their lives right at the end, Lord, and we just ask that you be with um, all the new refugees, and Lord, we pray that they are um, uh, safely brought here or to other countries around the world, Lord, and that they may begin a new life, and we especially pray for um, the new regime in Afghanistan, Lord, that they might see the light of Jesus. We ask that um, you continue to be with the Spiegels, 
DJ and Dave, Lord, we just thank you for their witness um, here at this church. We just pray that they continue to heal from both, both of them from their surgeries, Lord, and we just pray that you uphold them in this time of recovery. And we ask that you especially be with Gideon as he um, begins a new school uh, so far away from home. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity and that um, he will grow by it. Lord, it's um, sometimes we don't see what you see, and we trust that you have got it all in your hands, Lord. And we just trust that you continue to be um, with us all in Christ Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our day, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. presentation by not only the Sunday School, but members of the church as well. I have to pull my mask off so my glasses don't fog up and then I can read. <laughs> um, while the kids are coming up, I just want to thank those who take care of our church and decorating and the beautiful fall flowers that they put in. It's a time of change for us to go from one season to another, but God blesses us in every season. So even if it's rainy and cold, sometimes there are blessings because there are plants that are growing their flowers for next year. There are trees that are putting down roots. There are so many things that are happening. And, you always, and it gives us a time sometimes to sit and be quiet and talk to God. So look for the good things in everything in the change in the season. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yes. They're all ready. We're going to do a little story and some singing. And the name of this skit is called The Tune. Once there was a tune and everyone knew how it went. But as time went by, people began to forget until at last no one could remember and there was hatred and wars and death. Then one day somebody said, How did the team go? There is no truth, there never was, it is only a myth. These were the philosophers. You mean there's no truth at all? Well, it's not really a matter 
These were the religious leaders, and so the world played on, and there was hatred, war, and death. Then one day, the people became weary of this song, and they all sat down on the side of a hill, and suddenly they heard a very strange voice. That and that's right, that sounds like the tune. There is no tune, there never was, there never will be. It well, does not really matter what tune you play, as long as you play something and you don't hurt anybody, especially me. But the people listened, and a man appeared before them with a smile on his face and a sad look too, and he was singing the tune and some of the people began to sing along. And the people who loved him decided to follow him. But the people who hated him decided to kill him, and they did. When it was finished, they went back to their houses of philosophy and religion, and they sat down to their tables to eat and to drink. Suddenly, they were interrupted by a familiar sound, a voice, and they ran to their windows and looked outside to see who it was. It was him. They became confused and afraid, and they wondered how they could get rid of him once and for all. And while they were watching him, something very strange happened. How did he do that? I don't really know, but he's gone. And when trouble leaves you, you don't, when trouble goes, you don't ask where. Yet again they were interrupted. This time they ran out into the streets to lay hold of him, but they could not find him. Just a lot of people smiling, and they all know the tune. I have peace with God, I have joy in my spirit. Love my brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord. I have peace with God, I have joy in my spirit. Love my brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord. When the people made a mistake, they stopped and they listened. That is how they knew the tune, because they listened. And if you listen, you'll hear it. It is all around you. Just listen to your radio, watch television, listen to your leaders, to the authorities, to the governments, to the experts. But if you really listen, you can hear another tune. But you have to listen quietly, and you have to listen every day. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised from life for our justification. Therefore, we have peace with God. We have joy in our spirit. Love our brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord. We have peace with God. We have 
Take a bow. Um, thank you, Linda, and thank you, kids. To God be the glory. Uh, we'll now sing all hail the power of Jesus' name. master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard these parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. May God add a special blessing to the hearing and understanding of his holy word. 
Amen. Good morning. A couple announcements. Uh, one is that Nancy's looking for somebody to go with her on the women's uh, retreat, right, or something? When is that? It's in your bulletin. September 17th. September 17th. And it's a, a freebie, right? So uh, keep that in mind if you're able to join Nancy. Um, she wants company, okay? She doesn't want to go alone, so uh, please join her. Uh, and as Nancy, uh, Pastor Nancy mentioned too, the, um, we will have prayer following the service. And, um, oh, I wanted to thank, uh, as we've done already, the children and uh, Linda. That's a homegrown um, skit that they did. Uh, uh, Linda uh, and her uh well, they put it together, right? You guys wrote that. Well, well done, really. Um, we appreciate uh, sharing your talents uh, that way and uh, the children as well. So praise God. Uh, I really like that tune. How does that tune go again? Could you sing it for us? And so could you sing it again? Let's do that again. I have peace with God. I have joy in the Spirit. My brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Very nice. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. It's especially appropriate for today. So uh, Labor Day, here we are, uh, Labor Day weekend. And uh, this text uh, goes along to uh, with um, the skit, and, and it's beautiful in the sense that uh, there's a tune that's being played 24-7, uh, if, if we just listen to that tune, and uh, if we're quiet enough uh, to, and be still enough to, uh, to hear God and to know that I, I am the Lord. And so, um, as we hear this uh, scripture again, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to highlight here. And um, I probably should have a Bible, huh? Um, so, uh, take a look at uh, Matthew 21. I'm going to go be going through some things with you uh, from Matthew 21. If you're, if you're using your pew Bibles, you're going to find it... Uh, on, I'm going to start, 
Well, let's start on uh, page 1531 uh, in your pew Bibles in the New Testament from, from Matthew uh, 21. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the triumphal entry, of course, on Palm Sunday. Um, and uh, as we go through these uh, parables that Jesus shares, uh, we're going to get a sense of uh, some kind of snapshots of who Jesus Christ is. Uh, certainly as we see him, this is the final um, uh, swan song, so to speak, of Jesus Christ. This is his last week. And so our ears need to perk up and listen to the tune that he's playing as he shares with us these parables. He's entering into Jerusalem for that final week before his uh, crucifixion, uh, before he's tortured, uh, before he's died, before he dies. And, uh, and so he has something, uh, I would say, uh, of course, everything he says is important, but these are his final parables, his final words. Uh, before his death on the cross, before he's turned over uh, by the religious leaders, the people who did not hear the tune that he was playing. And uh, so, here we go. Uh, we have the triumphal entry, then turn the page if you're following in the Pew Bibles. And then uh, there's this story about Jesus at the temple. You're all familiar with that. I'm not going to read each of these parables. Uh, but when Jesus is at, at the temple, of course, uh, the, the famous line that he quotes here where he says it is written, he said to them in verse 13 of chapter 21, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And I'm going to, I'm going to pause there because uh, Jesus... Uh, one of the snapshots is that he is a prayer inspector. He's inspecting uh, your life. He's inspecting my life. He's inspecting each one of us. How's your prayer life going? Uh, typically, uh, our prayer life uh, needs work. Mine does. Uh, I suspect yours does. Um, but Jesus is the prayer inspector. And think of all the activities that uh, go on in this church. And ask yourselves, and we as the leaders uh, of the church, uh, the board, we need to be asking ourselves, what percentage of our time is occupied in prayer? I know some of you too have said uh, to Nancy, Pastor Nancy and myself, you've said to us that uh, you would like to see us spend more time in prayer and uh, we are going to spend more time in prayer uh, with the Bible study that we'll be doing uh, that will be starting in a couple weeks uh, but following let's see we're going to do the Bible study I think from uh, 3 to 4 and then from 4 to 4 30 uh, we're going to have a time of prayer and you can make either part of that whether you want to make the Bible study or whether you want to come for prayer, um, uh, you're welcome to join 
both of those or one of those or however the Lord leads. Uh, but uh, I think it would be helpful for us to have a corporate time of prayer, not only just on Sunday, uh, but also to have uh, a prayer time during the week as well. So Jesus is the prayer inspector, um, and he's, um, he desires uh, to look at each one of us and have us search our, our souls and ask ourselves, hmm, how is your prayer life going? And do we need to work on it? Uh, and hopefully uh, you'll agree with me that we need work in this realm. Um, and, and Jesus, of course, says that this is, that's, that's, this is our, this should be anyway, our primary uh, objective as the body of Christ, that this is a house of prayer. Then he goes on to the next uh, parable, and he talks about the fig tree that withers, starting in verse 18. Uh, and I'll read a part, a couple verses from there, starting with verse 18. He says, early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately, the tree withered. And uh, I'm going to pause there because... Uh, Jesus, so we have the snapshot of Jesus as the prayer inspector, uh, but we also have a snapshot here of Jesus as the fruit inspector. Uh, and that goes along, of course, uh, with the skit that we uh, heard this morning, that Jesus is looking for uh, fruit in your life and in my life. And we'll be talking more about that as we get into uh, the parable that was shared earlier of the wicked tenants. Uh, but Jesus is the fruit inspector. He looked at that fig tree. It's interesting about fig trees, as I understand it. I don't know much about fig trees except what I read. Uh, but it's interesting that with a fig tree, uh, the fruit comes first, which is very unusual. Uh, and then the, then the leaves come. And so when Jesus looked at that tree, uh, he was expecting to see figs because the leaves had already come. And we looked at it and he saw the leaves and without the fruit, uh, he uh, really was appalled by this fig tree that should be having fruit. And, and I think that uh, that is something else that, you know, obviously we have communion this morning and uh, we need to consider and reflect upon our own journey with the Lord. You know, what kind of fruit are you inspecting? If he came and looked at you today and, and inspected you for the fruit that, is, that you're bearing in your life and in my life, in each of our lives, uh, would he be pleased? Would he be pleased? Uh, and um, we need to be honest about that, uh, about uh, and allowing Jesus to come uh, close to us, uh, close enough to say, hmm, how are you doing in that fruit realm? How much fruit are you bearing for the Lord? Uh, and so that's a, a soul-searching question as well. Then the next parable starts in verse 23. It's the authority of Jesus is questioned. His authority is questioned. 
And um, I'm not going to share that parable, but I'll share in the last verse, um, in verse 27, uh, Jesus has this interchange, and he says uh, to the, uh, the chief priests and the elders of the people, he says to them in verse 27, so they answered Jesus, we don't know. And then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So Jesus also, so we got the snapshot of Jesus uh, in that first case uh, of Jesus as the, um, What kind of inspector did I say the first one was? Who remembers that? The prayer inspector. Thank you. You're listening better than I am. Uh, the second one uh, was the uh, fruit inspector. I probably should have written these down. <laughs> and and the, the third one um, is uh, I, I, he's inspecting... Um, Really, uh, the, he's inspecting us for what kingdom, what kingdom is it that you and I uh, live the bulk of our life in? So he's the kingdom inspector, the kingdom inspector. Um, you know, when we go about our lives, um, you know, whether I'm at work, uh, as a chiropractor or uh, a, as a representative of Jesus Christ, as a minister and ambassador to the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I living the bulk of my life under his kingship or uh, am I living my life uh, by, under the kingdom that uh, I've built for myself? Uh, another penetrating question from from Jesus Christ when he's asking and he's telling us, listen, if you don't know the authority uh, by which I preach, by which I heal, uh, by which I minister, if you don't know whose authority, by, uh, under whose authority I am, then then you need to really stop and reconsider who Jesus is. And we'll talk about that more, too, as we go into the final parable. Uh, but recognize here that the authority of Jesus Christ uh, is a divine authority, is a divine authority as the Son of God, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Um, whose authority, whose kingdom do you see your daily life uh, being exercised under? Uh, that's another question, that snapshot of the kingdom of authority. So we have the prayer inspector, we've got the fruit inspector, uh, we've got the kingdom inspector, and then as we uh, look at the uh, parable of the two sons, that starts in verse 28. Uh, the parable, I'll read part of this. It starts off in verse 20, cents. what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, 
Go and work today in the vineyard. Verse 29, I will not, he answered. <laughs> but later he changed his mind and went. We all have children like that. <laughs> um, and then verse 30, uh, then the father went to the other son and said, to the same, and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. <laughs> we all have children like that too. <laughs> um, and 31, he says, which of the two did what his father wanted? And, the, and of course, everybody knows the answer to this. The answer to this is the first they answered. And so I think that uh, what we have here in this snapshot of Jesus is uh, Jesus as uh, a heart inspector, a heart inspector. Uh, where is your heart uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ? It's easy with our voice uh, to say that uh, I believe in Jesus, I follow Jesus, I go to church, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on the board, uh, I'm, uh, I, whatever it is, it's easy, isn't it, to say we believe in Jesus Christ. But it's a whole horse of another color, isn't it, when it comes to uh, what are you going to do when it comes time when Jesus says, uh, go, go, go and make disciples. Go and uh, whatever it is that the Lord is leading you to do. Um, that's where the rubber hits the road. And that's where uh, Jesus comes to us as a heart inspector. He will know your heart by what it is that that first son uh, actually did uh, when he went and did and he went out into the vineyard. Um, and I think that's what Jesus is calling each of us to simply do is, is to, hey, listen, the vineyard's out there, the harvest is ripe, uh, but the workers are few. He's just looking for you and I to simply go. <laughs> uh, it's great to go to church, uh, but it's another thing uh, when Jesus says to us, okay, uh, now what about the rest of the week? How about going uh, and being my representative uh, in the vineyard? I want you to work uh, on my behalf. Um, and so and that's a matter of the heart. That's a matter of the heart. Uh, believing, easy believism is is just that. It's all too easy to believe and, and not obey, and not obey and to simply go uh, when the master commands us to. And so we've got the heart inspector. Let's see if I can remember them all. Okay, we've got the prayer inspector, we've got the fruit inspector, we've got the kingdom inspector, and then we've got the, what did I just say it was? The heart inspector, okay. Uh, the heart inspector. All right. <clears throat> You're doing well. You're doing better than I am on these. Okay. Now, <clears throat> we get into the, uh, the parable for today. And this is the parable of the tenants. Now, I'm going to ask you who the players are in this parable. Um, and so, uh, I'll be asking from time to time as we go through this parable, who... This is an allegory. It's very... Uh, uh, it should be a, a, a plain and simple allegory to us. 
Who is Jesus talking to? Who is Jesus talking about? What do the characters in this parable represent? And um, so let's go through it and see what it is that Jesus has to say to us this morning through this parable. He says, um, verse 33, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers, and he went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. Uh, let's go on a little bit. Verse 35, the tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. Okay, I'm going to stop there. All right. Now, let's assume uh, that this is an allegory. And he's speaking, of course, as we know already from this text, he's, he's speaking to the chief priests uh, and the elders, um, the religious leaders. Uh, so if we do this allegorically, um, who's, who would be the landowner in this parable? Any idea? God. God the Father. God the Father is the landowner. Here's a tough one. Who's the son? Jesus. Yeah. it's <laughs> a tough one, huh? Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, we've got other players here. He says, uh, he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. So these farmers... Uh, are basically in verse 34 where it says the harvest time approached he sent his servants to the tenants so who are the tenants the people that are farming this property chief priest excuse me the chief priest yeah right. it would be it would be israel right the chief priests the elders uh, this is something that he's honing in remember this is his uh, one of the final parables of jesus christ and so he's speaking uh, to Israel here, and he's speaking uh, very plainly uh, to them. Uh, that, uh, and he's, it's beautiful how Jesus speaks these parables because he's, he's drawing them in and, uh, so that they identify. I mean, there's no question. There's no gray area here. Uh, there's a very fine um, uh, line that Jesus is drawing here you know who I'm talking about here. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about uh, the religious leaders. And so as we go on here, and then, now, um, who, would, who would be the, as it says here, he sent his servants to the tenants. Who would be the servants? Yeah, the prophets, the prophets. And we'll see that as we go through here. So let's go through this a little bit more. It says, verse 38, uh, but when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir, come let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. 
So I'm just going to pause there for a second. Uh, as you enter into this parable, uh, consider here what it is that the, the landowner, God, has invested uh, already uh, into this vineyard. Uh, where it says, again going back to uh, verse 33, he says, the landowner who planted the vineyard. Uh, God, the, the Father, is the planter. And then it goes on and it says he put a wall around it. I mean, he's done everything for these tenants. Uh, he set it up beautifully. It's really like a Garden of Eden. I've done everything for you here. All I want you to do is work the land and give me the fruit that is naturally or supernaturally, however you look at um, a seed that grows, um, all you got to do is farm it and give me the fruit. And you can keep whatever portion that you're entitled to. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to want whatever uh, portion of it. Uh, I get two-thirds, you get a third, or whatever, whatever it is, percentage he came, the landowner came up with. This was common in Israel all the time. The rich landowners did this repeatedly. This was no secret. This wasn't something that they couldn't relate to, like they never heard of this happening before. The landowners did this all the time. And so... Uh, he says he, he, they, they, he put a wall around it, uh, he dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. <laughs> he really did all the work here. Listen, all I want you to do is tend, tend the vine. What comes up, I want you to tend it. And when I come back, I want you to give me some of that fruit. You can keep a lot of it for yourselves, but I want you to give me some of the fruit that I'm entitled to because I've invested in you. I've invested in this vineyard. So when my servants come back, give them what it is that they're entitled to. Well, we know the rest of the story here. Verse 40. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? And we know what they're going to say in verse 41. This is the chief priests and the elders. They're going to answer, uh, they're going to answer Jesus right now. And they're going to say to Jesus what it is. Of course, this is what they're going to do. Because this is exactly what they would do because some of them were probably landowners and they have vineyards. And they've done all this, and they realize if these people acted the way that they did, then this is what which should be the punishment. In verse 41, he says, not, not, not Jesus, this is what the chief elders and the, and the uh, priests say, the chief priests, he says, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. They replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. That's the way it's supposed to work. It didn't work out that way, and there needs to be a judgment here, a severe judgment on those tenants. I mean, they've committed murder. Uh, they've stealed every, they stole everything that belonged to the landowner. Uh, they've 
uh, tortured, they've stoned uh, the servants that have come as representative, and then in the end, they've actually killed the landowner's son and cast him out of the vineyard, which we know is all too prophetic of what it is that's going to occur to Jesus Christ in a few days. In a few days, he will be crucified and cast out on a cross outside of Jerusalem. Totally prophetic here. Jesus says to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our, in our eyes. Uh, this is not a difficult question either. Who is the stone that the builders rejected? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the stone that the builders rejected. He goes on and says, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Who might that be? Yeah. <laughs> We're it. We are those who Jesus has left the vineyard to. Also to the Jews. I'm not excluding the Jews here. But I'm saying that anyone, Jew, Gentile, anyone who is a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus is saying here, I'm giving it to you, and I'll know if you belong to me if you produce fruit. If you don't produce fruit, if you're not, as the fruit inspector, when he looks at us, if you're not producing fruit, you know what, the verse that really scares me in scripture is that verse that says, I never knew you. I just never knew you. That puts the fear of God in me. That puts the fear of God in me. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for it in my life. He's looking for it in each of our lives. He goes on and he says, He who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. I'm going to go back to this verse. He who falls on the stone, he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he who is on whom it falls will be crushed. I'm one of those, and I'm sure some of you are as well, I'm one of those on whom I've fallen on that stone. Thanks be to God. I've fallen on that stone, Jesus Christ. And the question for you this morning as you go to communion, what about you? Have you fallen in that stone? If you haven't, if you haven't what awaits is simply the second part of this where it says, 
But he on whom it falls will be crushed. You don't want the stone to fall on you. You want to fall on the stone. And so as we go to the communion this morning, uh, consider uh, the fruit inspector, the prayer inspector, the kingdom inspector, and the heart inspector. (laughs) You know what the final inspection is? The final inspection is he's a DNA inspector. Has your DNA been changed by the Holy Spirit? Has your DNA been changed by the supernatural encounter of the Most High God? If your DNA has been changed, then you too, as I have, have fallen on that stone. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. And as we come to communion, Lord, this morning, we ask you to draw near, Holy Spirit. Show us, Lord, uh, where it is that we've fallen short. Show us, Lord, where it is that we need to produce more fruit. Uh, Show us, Lord, what our prayer life, uh, whether it's good or bad, (laughs) or just uh, needs improvement, whatever the case may be, Lord. And uh, show us our heart and show us too. Uh, if our DNA has been transformed by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And uh, we just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who desires to speak to us plainly, plainly, that our lives may be transformed for his glory. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Sing the wondrous, oh no, we aren't going to do that yet. We're going to have communion. No, we have that. Right, well, we are going to sing that now? Okay, sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Yes, okay.
Uh, so the, uh, yes, uh, on the evening that Jesus Christ was given over to suffering and death, uh, I'll do it with this actually. He took the bread and after giving thanks to you, Heavenly Father, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. His body broken for you and for me, uh, take and eat. Likewise, on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the cup and say, whenever you drink of this cup, do this in remembrance of me. Now, drink the blood of Jesus. And after they had supped, they all went out and sang a hymn. Uh, we're going to try to gather um, to sing a hymn. Are we going to? Blessed be the tie. Blessed be the tie that binds. Um, are we going to hold hands? No. We're going to keep our social distance. But not our spiritual distance. <laughs> 